Chapter Seventeen of Plum Pudding of Diverse Ingredients, Discreetly Blended and Seasoned. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Plum Pudding of Diverse Ingredients, Discreetly Blended and Seasoned by Christopher Morley. The Rudeness of Poets the poet who has not learned how to be rude has not learned his first duty to himself by poet i mean of course any imaginative creator novelist mathematician editor or a man like herbert hoover and by rude i mean the strict and definite limitation which sooner or later he must impose upon his sociable instincts he must refuse to fritter away priceless time and energy in the random genialities of the world friendly well-meaning and fumbling hands will stretch out to bind the poet's heart in the maddening pack-thread of lilliput it will always be so life for most is empty of consecrated purpose so full of palaver that they cannot understand the trouble of one who carries a flame in his heart and whose salvation depends on his strength to nourish that flame unsuffocated by crowding and scrutiny the poet lives in an alien world that is not his pride it is his humility it is often his joy but often also his misery he must dree his weird his necessary solitude of spirit is not luxury nor the gesture of a churl it is his sacrifice it is the condition on which he lives he must be content to seem boorish to the general in order to be tender to his duty he has invisible guests at the table of his heart those places are reserved against all comers he must be their host first of all or he is damned he serves the world by cutting it when they meet importunely there are times as keats said and christ implied when the wind and the stars are his wife and children there will be a thousand pressures to bear his bosom to the lunacy of public dinners lecture platforms and what not pleasant falderall he must be privileged apparent ruffian discourtesy he has his own heartburn to consider one thinks of rudyard kipling in this connection mr kipling stands above all other men of letters to-day in the brave clearness with which he has made it plain that he consorts first of all with his own imagination as the poet sees the world and studies the more he realizes that men are sharply cut into two classes those who understand those who do not with the latter he speaks a foreign language and with effort trying shamefacedly to conceal his strangeness with these perhaps every moment spent is forever lost with the others he can never commune enough seeking clumsily to share and impart those moments of rare intuition when truth came near there is rarely any doubt as to this human division the heart knows its kin the world as he sees it around him is almost unconscious of its unspeakable loveliness and mystery and it is largely regimented and organized for absurdity the greater part of the movement he sees is by his standard not merely stupid which is pardonable and appealing but meaningless altogether he views it between anger and tenderness where there might have been the exquisite and delicious simplicity of a japanese print 
he sees the flicker and cruel garishness of a speeding film and so for refreshment he crosses through the invisible doorway into his own dear land of lucidity he cons over that passport of his unsociability words of j b yeats which should be unforgotten in every poet's mind Quote, poetry is the voice of the solitary man the poet is always a solitary and yet he speaks to others he would win their attention thus it follows that every poem is a social act done by a solitary man and being an alien from the strange land of the solitary he cannot be expected to admonish or to sermonize or uplift as it is called and so take part in the cabals and intrigues of other lands of which he knows nothing being himself a stranger from a strange land the land of the solitary people listen to him as they would to any other traveller come from distant countries and all he asks for is courtesy even as he himself is courteous inferior poets are those who forget their dignity and indeed their only chance of being permitted to live and to make friends try to enter into the lives of the people whom they would propitiate and so become teachers and moralists and preachers and soon for penalty of their rashness and folly they forget their own land of the solitary and its speech perishes from their lips the traveller's tales are of all the most precious because he comes from a land the poet's solitude which no other feet have trodden and which no other feet will tread so briefly and awkwardly he justifies himself being given as mrs quickly apologized to alacoli and music oh it is not easy as gilbert chesterton said in a noble poem the way is all so very plain that we may lose the way End of chapter 17